CPA and CFP Don Cash has made it his life's work to help people like you plan their finances and achieve their retirement goals. It's time for your money and your life. And welcome to the special edition of Your Money and Your Life. And as you've probably figured out by now that our usual co-host, Mark Killian, who's with me each and every week, is not here today. And this is going to be the official second annual show on the Medicare open enrollment, as well as the ABCs of Medicare. And today we have a, a true Medicare expert, Ray Martin, who was kind enough to join us last year on our first annual Medicare show. And Ray's a nationally recognized Medicare expert and the owner of Martin Associates Insurance Services in Irvine, California. Ray is also the author of the book called The Nuts and Bolts of Medicare, Medicare Advantage, and Medicare Supplements. And that's a mouthful of Medicare, Ray, and welcome to the show. Hey, Don. Thank you for inviting me back, and I appreciate it. I really enjoyed our time last year and looking forward to catching up again and and, uh, getting all your listeners up to speed on Medicare. And by the way, I wanted to uh, mention I really enjoyed the article you wrote for the Wall Street Journal. I learned a lot by reading that and um, a lot of landmines out there for IRA owners. So um, thank you for sending me that article. And um, I enjoyed being with you again and ready to go. Well, I appreciate that, and um, I wish I wrote the entire article. I just contributed to a couple of parts of it, but that nice of you to say. And uh, yeah, I enjoyed the show last year as well. And you know, of course, I'm glad you could take the time. And I know this is a a very busy season for your company. There's a a lot of news going on this week in particular regarding Medicare and Social Security. The government announced the inflation increase just yesterday to the Social Security uh, accounts of eight. 0.7% next year, the biggest number in 40 years. And oddly enough, Ray, the, the Medicare Part B premium actually dropped from right. $170 a month to $165 a month. So uh, we'll talk about that today. But let's start again like we did last year with just some of the basics of Medicare and how this open enrollment period works. It, it, it's such an important part of comprehensive retirement planning, but mm-hmm. there's so many landmines and choices to make. It, it gets very complex with yeah. things like possible enrollment penalties and restrictions. So maybe you can give us an overview on Medicare. And let's start with um, first part A, uh, part B, then we'll get into uh, part C and D and Medicare supplements and the Advantage plans. And we'll uh, we'll start with what is Part A and what is Part B and who is eligible? Yeah, good. Okay, well, so the original parts of Medicare are A and B. Those were the parts that would actually, were actually created back in 1965 and signed into law by Lyndon Johnson. Those two parts are called original Medicare. And original Medicare only consisted of two parts until 2006. So part A of Medicare is hospitalization. So anytime someone is on Medicare and they go into the hospital, they're going to be covered for all of the hospital services and supplies, medications, um, and those kinds of things in the hospital under part A of Medicare. Part B of Medicare covers everything else, meaning covers your doctor, your specialist, covers uh, chemotherapy, covers physical therapy, and there's a long, long list of things that are covered under Part B. 
But basically, originally, when someone enrolled in Medicare, they had all they had was A and B. Now, you mentioned about this open enrollment that's happening right now. That has to do with moving from Part C and D plans, which we can cover later. But it basically goes from October 15th until December 7th. Um, essentially, though, the, the original, when someone turns age 65, what they want to do is they want to enroll in Part A and B of Medicare to start with. Got it. So just to recap, as you mentioned, the program goes way back to 1965. So there's really no one around now that wasn't uh, you know, covered by Medicare if they're 65 or, or older and, and eligible to enroll. Um, I know as of last year, there was something like 60 or 65 million people covered yeah. with Medicare. So it's a huge, huge number. Um, right. As you mentioned, Part A covers hospitals, right? So yes. and skilled nursing, things like that. Mm -hmm. Part B, yeah. the doctors and tests and things like that. Um, now the yeah, part one, comp, one point, Don, I'll, I'll bring up, you know, uh, in 2020 and 2021, actually Medicare Part B did not have an increase because of the pandemic primarily. But then in 2022, they went from a, Part B premium went from $142 to $170 a month, which was the biggest single year jump in Part B premium, I think, ever in the history of Medicare. Mm, so that makes sense. So what that that's why it maybe dropped this year because it went up so high for that period of time since there was that gap with the pandemic. So um, that, that's right. probably the reason why it dropped it a little bit. But it's always it's interesting to see a huge increase in Social Security benefits and a drop in uh, Medicare premiums. I mean, can you think of anything, Ray, in the past year or two that's gone down in price? <laughs> uh, pretty much not. I think that was a, it's kind of a welcome relief for people on Medicare. No, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. So here's a question and something I'm encountering more and more. What happens if a person is turning 65 mm -hmm. and they're covered by a plan at work or they're covered by a, a spouse's plan at work? Do they still need to enroll in Medicare Part A and Part B? How does that work? Yeah, that's a great question, Don. We get that a lot. That question comes up. Um, we probably get several phone calls every week with that question. So here, here's the basically the rule. So if someone is still working and employed and under their employer group insurance, and that group insurance is classified as what is called credible coverage, and the employer will know if it's credible coverage or not. And most of them are, I would say 99% of group insurance are credible coverage. But if someone is still working and covered under their group insurance, they do not have to enroll in Medicare. Now, there is one exception to that rule, and that is if the company has less than 20 employees. If they have less than 20 employees, then what happens is Medicare is primary and the group insurance they're under is secondary. And if someone does not enroll in Medicare and they're employed in a small company with less than 20 employees, they could end up, and they don't enroll in Medicare, they could end up having claims problems because they might submit that claim to their insurer and the insurer will say, well, wait a minute, your group is less than 20 employees, Medicare should have paid this. So the insurer, the carrier would try to wiggle out of paying the claim and then that employee could have huge a fight on their hands to get the claims paid. But the basic answer to your question is, if someone is enrolled in a group insurance, and even if their spouse, if they're covered under a spouse, 
who is enrolled and covered under employer group insurance, they do not have to enroll in Medicare. Yeah. So the key is the, really the size of the company, right? And um, yes. you know, I think that's why it's important for someone to work with a specialist like you or someone really knows all the ins and outs and, and the nuances of this, because you really don't want to be caught um, making a mistake or running mm -hmm. afoul of the rules and ending up with some persistent um, penalty for enrolling late. But uh, right. uh, you know, the key is, is that 20 employee mark for that uh, that designation of credible coverage. Right. And let's, you know, just this doesn't come up. I haven't seen this as much in my experience, but just talk for a second about the need to enroll in Medicare uh, if you're on COBRA or have mm -hmm. some sort of marketplace plan when you're age 65. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of people that are ending up with penalties because they've been covered under, you know, in California here, it's, it's basically called covered California. And they get that um, before they turn age 65. And when and it seems to be fine, and they're doing great. And then when they turn 65, they stay on it, or they don't disenroll and enroll in Medicare, they're going to end up with a penalty. The same thing with COBRA. COBRA is not recognized as group insurance past eight months. So if someone is Medicare eligible, Medicare age, and they go, they leave their employer, they go on COBRA, and they stay on that COBRA past eight months, then they will get a part a, a penalty on their Part B premium. So they have to be very careful about that. If, if any of your listeners are facing that situation, they should really contact our office. We can help them walk through those and to avoid those landmines. But here's the other, other thing that comes up a lot, Don, and that is that people are worried if they stay on their group insurance, won't they get penalized if they enroll in Medicare later? And the answer to that is no. So in other words, if they're covered under group insurance, they have a special, what is called a special enrollment period that they can come off that group insurance at any time and enroll in Medicare A and B, and they face no penalties at all. So it's it comes up a lot because people are worried if they work past 65, they're going to have penalties by not enrolling. Um, and that's not the case. Yeah, it's a good point. And uh you know what's interesting about the the age distinctions now, as you mentioned back in the nineteen sixty five, mm -hmm. ironically they gave the age of sixty five for the eligibility of Medicare, and right. at that point, up until you know you know not too long ago, that was the age also of Social Security of collecting mm -hmm. on Social Security was age sixty. That's right. Right. That's so right. now you have the full retirement age for social security benefit is going to be coming up at 66 and six months for those who were born in 1957. Mm -hmm. And then the retirement age, of course, for Medicare is 65. So yeah. they have, they're looking at the possible possibility of enrolling in social security and perhaps just enrolling in Medicare. And they need to be mindful of these enrollment periods, right, Ray? Yeah. So there's several different enrollment periods. Um, there's the initial enrollment period in which they turn 65. So they actually, someone has actually seven months. So three months before their 65th birthday, the month of their 65th birthday, and then three months after their 65th birthday to enroll in Medicare. One other little point is if someone is already, is already drawing social security income and they turn 65, they get automatically enrolled in Medicare. If someone is not drawing Social Security and they turn 65, 
the only way they can enroll is they have to initiate it themselves. They can either do that online or by calling the Social Security Administration. You want me to give the phone number out for Social Security? You know, we could put that on the link uh, on the show notes uh, when we okay. post it up on the show. So there's a few links that we'll put up on there to share as resources. All right. But also just mention, if you could, for a moment, and this is something you're seeing more and more of, people who have these health savings accounts, Ray, and how that works with Medicare and enrolling in Medicare and contributing to a health savings account. So let's say you've had one of these since you're, I don't know, 50 or 55 years old, and you're used to contributing to a health savings account with a high deductible medical plan. Talk a little bit about that quirk with disenrolling or, or not contributing to health savings when you're getting close to Medicare enrollment. Yeah. Uh, and this is another one of those landmines, Don. Um, we we see this quite a bit, actually, where people have been enrolled in the health savings account with their employer, and they're really healthy, and they don't go to the doctor much, and they've been putting a lot of money aside, and then they continued working after they were turned 65, and then suddenly at age 67 or 68, maybe they go to a party and someone says, hey, you know, why don't you just enroll in Part A? It's free. And so they go enroll in Part A of Medicare. And what happens is Medicare backdates. They backdate their Part A by six months. And so what happens is now the person loses eligibility to make contributions to their HSA. And they actually even have to go back and take money back out of their HSA. So if any of your listeners are on HSA plans, be very, very cautious. They should not enroll and they, they want to continue making contributions to the HSA past age 65, they should avoid enrolling in any part of Medicare, either A or B, until they finally decide to leave their employer and, and discontinue the uh, health savings account. All right. So one of the lessons I take away from that, Ray, is be careful of the advice you take from people at cocktail parties. Exactly, Don. Thank you. <laughs> Especially if they have a few drinks in them. Oh, you got that right. Yeah. So that, you know, that it's a, a good um, summary of the so-called original Medicare that's been around, you know, mm -hmm. we talked about it 60 years almost or so. Yeah. And you mentioned that, you know, Part B only covers, um, I think, 80% of the cost of care or some limited amount of care. Uh, so if right. someone has, you know, there's deductibles and co-pays and things like that. So if someone has a serious illness like you know, cancer or surgery or, or something like uh, they had COVID over the past couple of years, I can run into some real money. And that's where the Medicare supplements come into play. So maybe you could talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. Again, staying with original Medicare. So when someone first, original Medicare is a fee-for-service insurance system, which means you that the beneficiary, the Medicare beneficiary can go to any doctor, any specialist, any hospital, anywhere in the United States. They do not need referrals. They do not have to call the insurance company to get approval. It's really a fantastic system. And Medicare covers, I mean, just about any, every illness you can possibly think of or accident or treatment. However, Medicare does not pay for everything. So Medicare under um, Part A, there's deductibles, there is a $1,600 deductible for the first 60 days in the hospital. And then after that, um, if they stay in the hospital past 60 days, it goes up to like $400 a day. And if they're in the hospital past 90 days, it goes up to $900 a day that is not paid for by Medicare. And then on the Part B side, Medicare only pays 
80% of all services under Part B. Now, if you're just going to the doctor's office and a doctor's visit is $200, 80% Medicare is going to pay $160, you only pay $40. But if you're in the hospital and then you have to have a surgeon come and provide a, you know, a very serious uh, spine surgery, I've seen those bills easily at eighty dollars to $100,000. Now you're talking about Medicare only paying 80% of a $100,000 doctor's bill or surgeon's bill. Now you're looking at a $20,000 copayment. So uh, it is important. So what people do is they, um, they purchase what is called Medicare supplement insurance. You want me to talk a little bit about that? Yeah, talk about the um, the distinction between the different Medicare supplement plans and this confusion between plans and parts, right? You okay. have parts uh, of Medicare and Medicare supplement plans. So mm-hmm. maybe you could just touch on the how many different Medicare plans they are, there are, what are the most popular plans, the typical premium ranges. Sure. Yeah. So here's a real easy way to distinguish between, because it gets very confusing. So Medicare has four parts, A, B, C, and D. And then the Medicare supplements, which are also referred to as Medigap insurance, are also A, B, and then G and N and K. And so it's a bunch of letters. And so it's very hard for, you know, for the lay person who's just coming on to Medicare to distinguish. So the easy way to, to distinguish is that Medicare has parts, P-A-R-T-S, and Medigap insurance are plans. So it's plan A, plan B, plan D, plan G, um, plan F, plan K, plan N, so forth. So the most popular Medicare supplement plan right now in the United States is called plan G, as in George. And it picks up all of the co-payments and co-insurance and deductibles that are not paid for by Medicare, except for one. And that is the Part B annual deductible, which is only $230. Other than that, once someone has met that $230 deductible and they have original Medicare with a Plan G, Medigap insurance, then everything else is paid 100% throughout the year. It's really I call it the Cadillac of healthcare because there's no group insurance that you can buy that only has a $230 deductible. And then everything else after that is covered at 100%. There is no other insurance in the United States like that. Okay. So that is a sort of a good summary of those plans and parts. And let's say something like a plan a G uh, or a more com- that's the most common one or another one. What's the typical premium range for someone going on one of these plans at age 65? Yeah, in California here, the, the, the monthly premium, so this is the way the plan, the Medigap insurance works. So you have original Medicare A and B. Part A, you've already, most people have already paid for through their social security taxes. So there's no charge for part A. Part B they're generally going to now the new premium for Part B is going down to $165 a month. And then they can combine that with a Plan G Medigap insurance, which generally is going to run anywhere from $150 a month to $170 a month for Plan G. And, and most people won't bother with the other plans because Plan A or Plan B, they each plan adds on a little bit more benefit. 
until you get to a plan G and the difference in premium is pretty small. So most people just say, well, hey, I don't need all those other plans. Just give me the best Medigap insurance you have, which is usually a plan G. And so you have those two premiums um, for part B of Medicare and then for a Medigap insurance. But I mean, generally it comes out to about $350 to $400 a month per person, which when you compare that to what insurance costs just prior to age 65, we've seen premiums that people are paying $1,000 a month, $1,500 a month, $2,000 a month for PPO plans that have a $5,000 annual deductible. So in comparison, um, Medicare, I mean, this is a really a, a steal. Yeah, you know that, that's a really good um, point, Ray. So with Medicare, you're talking about you know including these $170 a month and the Medicare supplements, $350, $400 a month per person. That's about what I'm seeing with most of my clients, by the way. Uh-huh. The yeah. vast majority of them are in that uh, are, are in that uh, category where they're seeing that. I shouldn't say the vast majority, the majority, but I'm seeing yeah. more and more clients pay something called this income related monthly adjustment amount surcharge on Medicare. And um, that's becoming more of an issue. But let me just step back to what you said, which is a great point, is that the Medicare, besides the premium being lower than most of the, the plans that you would pay with the COBRA or pay on your own, since it's universal coverage, you're not dealing with these networks or getting approvals or if you want to go to a specialist in New York City or if you want to go to the Mayo Clinic or the, you want to go to Sloan Kettering in New York, as opposed to some of these individual plans that you're buying here in New Jersey, Ray, where a family plan could be $2,500 a month. Mm-hmm. And you're restricted to uh, healthcare networks in New Jersey. Mm-hmm. So, besides that being less expensive, it's also truly universal coverage. But getting yeah. back to this issue of the of the income related monthly adjustment, that's for people who earn a certain amount of of money in retirement. Talk a little bit about that as well. Yeah. So this actually didn't start until 2006 when they officially created Medicare Advantage and Part D of Medicare. Prior to that, everyone, no matter how much your income was, paid the same Part B premium. But we all know that that the government, <laughs> that Medicare and Social Security are under pressure to save money. And so they added this IRMA, a tiered system, for people who are higher income earners. And so what happens is once an individual taxpayer um, goes over a certain amount, they're going to pay a higher amount for their Part B premium. And, and so when, when, when people call us, call our office, one of the questions that we always ask is, do you mind if I ask what your modified adjusted gross income was? Um, and people tell us because without them knowing it, they could end up getting a big surprise when they get this bill for their Part B premium. Yeah, I mean, as you mentioned, uh, this started about 15 years ago and there really wasn't any uh, surcharge penalty before that. I am seeing more and more people hit with the surcharge, Ray. And, you know, once you you get um, up to $91,000 if you're single or $182,000, that's this year's numbers, if you're married, you need to pay this extra premium for Medicare Part B and part D and you know there's five different tiers to these uh, and these tiers are each indexed for inflation so it can run into 
pretty big numbers once you're 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 up there in higher income you're talking about three four five hundred dollars a month per person so now you right. are you are over a thousand dollars a month That's per right. couple and you know and one of the reasons why i see that so many people get hit with this surcharge ray is that it's not based upon taxable income or even adjusted gross income but you had mentioned this it's something called modified adjusted gross income so mm -hmm. if you have tax-free interest income like with municipal bonds or something like that they mm -hmm. actually add that that income back into your income to determine if you get hit with a surcharge so if you can delay enrolling in medicare part b if you or your spouse has a health plan and a large employer <laughs> that could be a big deal with with savings in in premiums and surcharges right right yeah. Oh, absolutely. Well, Don, you're this. You're the. Your background is in a CPA as well. So I'll leave that <laughs> figuring out the tax form, the modified adjusted gross income, to you. But we generally try to warn people about it because it can be a big surprise when they suddenly get that letter from Social Security and they see their Part B premium. And we, you know, we try to always make sure before we advise people to leave their group insurance. That's one of the key questions: is what is your income? And what was your income two years ago? Because what happens is the IRS looks back two years to see what your income was. And that's how they they um, calculate this, this uh, Part B premium, this tiered Part B premium, the IRMA charge. So we don't want to have someone, you know, that has, you know, where the employer has been paying for their insurance and they go on Medicare and then suddenly they get this huge bill without them being aware of it. So obviously we have people that we're seeing this more and more uh, where people have had high income earners and they do end up with an IRMA surcharge. Also, Don, uh, keep in mind that even though this IRMA surcharge is out there, there's actually a way for individuals to appeal to for this surcharge if they can prove that they're certain they're affected by certain what are called life-changing events, such as, you know, it could be a marriage, could be a divorce could be just leaving work and suddenly their income drops because again, social security is looking back two years. So someone might retire, but they're still paying the IRMA based upon income that they paid two years ago. But there is actually a form and we have it in our office, which we send out a lot, quite, a, quite often to people who are work past age 65 and leaving their employer. Um, and they can appeal to met to social security to have that IRMA surcharge, uh, waived yeah that's a good point ray and and people are going to be getting this uh, letter coming up uh probably in another month or so right ray and usually it's in november well they'll send you a letter saying okay now we're coming close to the next year we're coming close to 2023 in this case and because of your income your mm -hmm. premium is going to be uh you know xyz next year for most people most folks will be 165 dollars per month and right. that will be deducted from their social security that's typically how it works but if your income is over those numbers ninety-one thousand or uh 182,000, that's going up actually this year so it'll be uh, higher it'll be like one hundred ninety-four thousand dollars for a married couple i believe in 2023 you're going to be seeing this letter and what ray mentions interesting what they're going to be doing is they're going to be looking at the tax return from 2021 mm -hmm. to determine 2023 because that's right. the last tax return they have 
Right. right? That's the last one that's been filed. So mm -hmm. I'm seeing this as well. And um, I'm working with a few clients right now on this. And it's a person who had a sale of a business that had a big increase in income for one year. And sometimes it's over a couple of years. And in many cases, you know, with something like this, it's, it's best to get specialized advice. So there are people that have subspecialties in this area um, that, that work on these type of appeals. But let's just step back again in, into the Medicare coverage for a moment, right? You sure. spoke about traditional Medicare uh, Part A and Part B with a Medicare supplement. Now we have Joe Namath on all of these commercials. Mm -hmm. Jimmy J.J. Walker, uh, I don't know, Tom Selleck is involved in this. All these celebrity pitchmen coming out of retirement to sell these Medicare Advantage plans. And right, don't I, forget I, Pat Boone. Oh, Pat Boone. Pat, <laughs> he's got to be 90 years old now, right? He has to be. Yeah, and, at well, least. They started in the in the speaking of 90s they started in the late 1990s these medicare advantage plans but this is what they call part c right ray well here here's the thing these um and people your listeners uh, this is a heads up for them all of these uh celebrity pitch people that you see on television starting tomorrow so medicare open enrollment starts october 15th which is tomorrow and I'm sure everybody remembers last year, every other commercial was either Joe Namath or Pat Boone or Tom Selleck. And they're basically saying, call the Medicare helpline and we'll, you're going to get free dental and you're going to get free this and free that. And so people would call because they called it the Medicare helpline. A lot of people were calling it thinking they were calling Medicare. So I give a caution here to your listeners. Be very, very cautious. These are not insurance. Aid. This is not Medicare, number one. They're not calling Medicare. They're calling call centers. And in the call centers, there's licensed agents, but they're just sitting in cubicles. And what they do is, and there's been a lot of backlash, actually, on these, these commercials that people see on television. And actually, last year, the uh, call center that Joe Namath was promoting got 38,000 complaints from Medicare beneficiaries. And the reason why is that the person answering the phone is an agent and they only get paid if they switch you to another plan. And a lot of people who are on original Medicare want to stay on original Medicare, but they got switched to a Medicare advantage and they lost their doctor or their prescriptions were no longer covered. And so these were just a huge amount of complaints to Medicare. So the, the, what the commercials that you see on television, a lot of them are promoting what is called Medicare Advantage, which is part C of Medicare. Um, and so you have to be very, very careful about calling these companies because they are not original Medicare. Yeah, I mean, that's a, a good point is, is that now you're talking about uh, essentially a, a type of an HMO, right, Ray? Where, yeah, where, where there's limitations right. with networks and things like that. So, you know, these are these are really legitimate concerns and you have to take a deep analysis into whether this is appropriate for you. And, and uh, you know, Ray doesn't just have a beef with Joe Namath because he was traded from the Jets as a Super Bowl <laughs> champion to the Rams late in his career where he was horrible. It's nothing to do with that. Uh, I know there were a lot of complaints about this and, and, and there and there was a lot of confusion about this. But yeah. talk about, if you could, again, these key dates of October 15th to December 7th 
and just switching between Medicare Advantage plans and switching from Medicare Supplement to Advantage plans and, and the kind of the trade-off between lower premiums and higher out-of-pocket expenses and things, less choice, things like that. Yeah. So this open enrollment, which goes from October 15th until December 7th, really applies to Part C of Medicare. That Part C is in CAT and Part D is in David. So Part C is Medicare Advantage. Part D is the standalone prescription drug coverage of Medicare. And this open enrollment allows individuals who are in, who are in a Medicare Advantage plan, which many times is an HMO, although there are a couple of Medicare Advantage PPO plans, but it allows them to move from one plan to another during this time period. And then that change takes place January 1st. Same thing with Part D. So someone that's on a prescription drug plan, they're allowed to switch to a new prescription drug plan during this time. And that, again, takes place or it starts January 1st. Now, why do they have this? They have it because there's in Part D, and I'm sure in New Jersey, the same thing. There's probably over 30 different companies that are selling prescription drug plans. And same thing with the Medicare Advantage plans. The Medicare Advantage plans have limited networks. So they contract with doctors groups to be represent um, and uh, to their members that those doctors are available and those specialists are available to participate. But it's not like original Medicare. So if someone, let's say, is on a, a Medicare Advantage plan and their doctor switches to another Medicare Advantage plan, they may want to switch their Medicare Advantage company. They can only do it during this time between now or starting tomorrow until until December 7th. Same thing with prescription drugs. If someone's put on a new medication and that medication is not covered under their current Part D plan, we will actually shop. And we actually, last year, we shopped for over 700 client Part D plans. So we actually looked at over 700 um, clients' drug lists, and then shopped probably about, we switched probably about 500 clients to new Part D plans, which started January 1st. So the only time they can do this is in this open enrollment. So this doesn't relate to switching your Medicare supplement. So Medigap insurance is completely different. O the only thing that this open enrollment relates to is Medicare Advantage and Part D. Yeah. So essentially, I guess the takeaway is if you're covered with traditional Medicare and a traditional Medicare supplement, there's probably not a whole lot that you have to do in this open enrollment period other than perhaps shop around and make sure that you have the appropriate Medicare Part D um, benefit, correct? Yeah, that's right. that, you're right. That's yeah. exactly right. Don. The only thing Exactly. The only thing, if someone's on original Medicare with Medigap, they don't need to do anything, but they should look at their prescription drug coverage and the carriers are required, Don, to send out what is called an ANOC in September of every year. So all of your listeners, if, we're, if they're on Medicare, they should have received their, their annual notice of change booklet last, last month. And then they should really look at that carefully to make sure that their premium hasn't changed dramatically or make sure that their drugs are still covered. Yeah, got it. So, you know, these are a great point. And one of the things I think people really have to take away from this is if they do make that change to an advantage plan 
and that could be appropriate for for many people listening out there but essentially right. it sounds like what what's happening is you're really giving up your medicare coverage and you're taking a private plan right you're, you're essentially right. medicare is paying this uh, advantage company uh to take you off the medicare rolls and now you're going on to their plan which you tell me, but I understand it might include um, some extra benefits like vision and dental and you know gym memberships or something like that. But you're giving up all of the universal coverage aspects of traditional Medicare. Is that about right? Yeah, you bet. Pretty much nailed it. Um, when someone join, and and I agree with you, it, there may be cases where joining a Medicare Advantage plan makes complete sense. Um, we have we do a lot of Medicare Advantage. Um, for our clients, but it has to be the appropriate, it has to be the, the right situation. So someone, let's say, who was in a HMO when they were with their employer insurance and then they retire, well, their doctor probably is going to be on the same Medicare Advantage HMO. And so it makes sense to continue with that. A at the same time, it's important to, um, to just look at, at what the networks are the Medicare Advantage plans, the big draw that they have, especially, you know, in big major metropolitan areas, you'll see a lot of Medicare Advantage plans with a zero monthly premium. So there's no monthly premium uh, to be in the Medicare Advantage plan. But what they do is they also add on what are called supplementary benefits. So they'll add on some dental, vision, maybe they'll also provide uh, transportation to doctor's visits. Um, and even now, Don, they're offering over-the-counter, actually cash. I mean, they're they're literally giving someone over-the-counter budgets where they can spend $100 a quarter um, at CVS to go and buy cold medicine, cough drops. I mean, you'd be surprised at some of the some of the benefits that um, these Medicare Advantage plans are are giving away to their members. Some of them are. Are very rich and that's how they attract members yeah and that's um you know all that comes at a price right there's no free lunch so you know the issue that people have to be careful about is if they yes. do go on a medicare advantage plan or switch from traditional medicare to advantage and you know now it's the summer of 2023 and it, it turns out they want to go get treatment somewhere in manhattan and that that center is not in their network then they can't switch back to traditional Medicare at that point. So, you know, there's a lot of things we have to be mindful of, right? Making sure that we understand about whether physicians or the network or how wide the network is and where you can go for treatment and things like that. So, yeah. Uh, and uh, also, and also their drug list. So yeah, it takes into, into consideration a number of factors. So I encourage, um, you know, people to, you know, find an, an agent that's that's close by or near or someone you feel you can work with because there's no charge or cost ever to work with a good agent who understands Medicare. Yeah. And believe me, they're worth, I mean, I'm, I'm maybe a bias, but they're worth their weight in gold because uh, a good agent can guide someone through making these decisions, finding the right network. Um, if they, if, if a Medicare Advantage plan is suitable, if not, getting the best Medigap insurance and then shopping for Part D plans. So 
Um, people have to be aware of these things. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. So you know, we talked about Medicare Part A and B and Part C, the Medicare Advantage plans. Let's dig a little bit into Part D, the, that prescription drug plan, which is the newest section of Medicare that started, you mentioned, about 15 years ago or so. Mm -hmm. So it, right. it looks to me like when I look at these, if clients have these plans, it's not terribly expensive, but it, it's all very confusing to a lot of people. It seems like every yeah. year, this time of year, there's there are people making changes to their Medicare Part D plan that they at least mm -hmm. look into because of these prescription drug plans. So just tell us a little bit how it works and how why are people switching their plans right now this time of year and um, you know what's going on with this switching? Yeah, so Part D is, is really a standalone coverage and it's offered by private insurance companies. The, the main reason why someone would have a Part D is if they are on original Medicare and they have Medigap insurance, then they need to have a standalone Part D plan. Essentially, these plans can change their formularies from year to year. So they can change their list of medications that they're covering. And that's why during this open enrollment, that's why it, people should look at their, their prescription drug coverage to make sure that the plan is continuing to cover their medications. Or if they've been put on suddenly a new medication and the plan they have is not covering it, then it's a good time to shop uh, for a new plan for 2023. Gotcha. All right. So we covered a lot today, Ray. I mean, I think actually we covered more than we did last year. It seems like we did anyway. So okay, just to wrap up, can you, can you tell our listeners maybe, I don't know, one or, or two mistakes to avoid during open enrollment period? And we, we, we touched on a number of things and, and yeah. maybe a few money saving tips that, that people can enjoy uh, when they're looking at uh, these plans. Yeah, well, uh, three little mistakes are, are easy. First of all, don't call the call centers. I like Joe Namath. He was a great Super Bowl hero. But as a pitch man for us call center, <laughs> I would try to stay with your local trusted agent. That would be one. Number two is be sure to read your, your annual notice of change that came in the mail in September, because that could end up costing you a lot of money if suddenly the medication you're taking has been dropped from the list, or you've been put on a new medication and you didn't check the plan that you're currently on to see if your medication is going to be covered. And then the third thing is you can shop for your Medigap insurance. Sometimes if you're in good health, you can switch to a new Medigap policy, which will save you. I mean, we've had clients save as much as a thousand dollars a year just by reshopping their Medigap insurance. Now, if you, <clears throat> if you have a lot of serious health issues, you may not be able to switch, but those are three things that I would look at every year. You know, those are great points, Ray. And <clears throat> again, it's been a pleasure having you on the show. We'll do this next year. It'll be the third annual show <laughs> next year. And my bet is there will not be a reduction in Medicare Part B premium next year. That's just a guess. That's my prediction. I don't think I it's think yeah, I think you've got a pretty good guess there. I wouldn't bet <laughs> against you, Don. That's my guess. That's my prediction for next year. I learned a lot. Hope those who listen to the show learned a lot too. And please, you know, share this show with your friends and family so they can benefit from this information as well. And uh, we believe, as we always do, that a knowledgeable retiree is a more confident in retiree, and a, a confident retiree can live a more purposeful life and um until next time when it's mark and i and ray next year I wish you all the best i hope you have a 
more clarity and confidence in this open enrollment season. And we'll be talking to you, Ray, down the road. Thank you, Don. It was a pleasure being on the show again, and I enjoy listening to your monthly podcast. All right. Thanks, Ray. Be well. Bye. Investment advisory services offered through Donald W. Cash & Associates, LLC, a registered investment advisor in the state of New Jersey.